sleeper must awake. About 20 years ago, I was in a car with my friend who was the singer of our band uh, back then. And uh, that friend was a videographer. He had made his, uh, his own movies. Um, and he had this particular talent to focus on, not focus, but to, to detect uh, scenes in normal life that had a specific kind of magic <laughs> to them. Or poetry, maybe, is another word that we could use. So, that one day we're driving downtown Montreal. Uh, imagine a cold, very cold winter day. Uh, very sunny. And... Um, we stop on a red light and right across the street from us there's a guy there I don't wanna I hope it doesn't sound wrong but typical Montreal homeless guy with a, a big blue parka dirty big dirty parka uh, kind of slouched over right next to a an overflowing garbage can and uh, a street lamp and he's just standing there waiting i didn't really notice him or the scene but my friend did with his uh with his uh super ability <laughs> so he said he looks at the guy and he says I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it in French, so in Quebecois actually. So he said, <laughs> which is kind of hard to translate, but basically it meant, look at how good that guy looks, you know. Um, I understood uh, instantly that he, he was talking about the, that scene. And for sure it had this, this kind of poetry to it, this guy who maybe had a, a very eventful or difficult life and he's just calmly standing there in the sun with the steam rising from his mouth. And we're just there on the red light looking at him. So for me, that was a that was a spiritual event. I know that my friend doesn't uh, uh, consider himself a, a spiritual person and has no interest in um, anything esoteric or whatever, you know. But. He had this sense for the magic of that moment, of that expressiveness, of that... Um, you know, there was something 
primordial or archetypal that was um, embodied in that moment and he could see it and for me that's what I describe as a kind of as a, a spiritual uh, occurrence or experience you know so I realized at that moment that this magic or this spirit <laughs> if we want to call it that because of spirituality it's always there always there and for all of us not for just people who call themselves <laughs> pompously or not uh, mystics you know so today we're talking with Jill Emery who is an artist um, a lively and creative person who speaks the language of artists and me Dominique Valley host of Hopscotch Chronicles podcast <laughs> in this 12th episode came in with a Yeah, with a mystic's mind and a mystic's vocabulary, I would say, you know. Uh, but it's interesting what came up from it. First of all, I learned that I shouldn't um, just take for granted that um, people use the same words to describe the same hard to describe things, you know. So, yeah, I did have to make clear that when I talk about magic, I don't mean um, prestidigitation or illusionism, but I mean the magic that's sometimes referred to as magic with a K, you know? Um, but once we kind of tuned together, I think we knew that we were more or less talking about those same um, elusive things. So I hope you enjoy this discussion as unhinged as, as it was at times. I, I mean, Jill was asking me questions, which is something that kind of uh, startled me a little. Um, and in my lack of uh, experience, uh, it made me a bit nervous at first, uh, but it's all in the learning and it's uh, all on me. And I'm happy to share this experience with you today, as uh, imperfect as it was. It was still beautiful. And uh, Jill is a beautiful person. And I really loved this exchange. So I'm sharing it with you with uh, pride. I guess that's the right word. <laughs> All right, so here's a little bio that I wrote for Jill. Jill Emery is an accomplished American musician, recognized for her significant contributions to the alternative and indie rock scenes of the 90s. 
Most notably, she was an early member of the band Hole alongside Courtney Love and subsequently was part of the dreamy rock sound of Mazzy Star, but also contributed to other impactful music acts such as Super Heroines and Shadow Project. Jill currently resides in Palm Springs, California and is now fully devoted to her passion for visual arts and painting. There you go. So, it's already long enough. Um, the usual uh, things. Uh, like if you like, dislike if you don't like, comment if you're on YouTube, uh, or Uh, leave a review also if you're on Apple Podcasts. I think it really helps um, bringing attention to the show. And uh, if you want to do one, go one step further in uh, nourishing the Hopscotch Chronicles adventure, uh, you can go on Patreon. Um, Patreon slash Dominique Valley. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Uh, and there you go. Okay, that's enough. So, uh, yeah, let's proceed with today's discussion with Jill Emery. Enjoy! <laughs> It's 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 weird just saying hi again because we just yeah because we already had a little conversation. Minutes. <laughs> like, Hello, sir. Nice to meet you. Yes, person who, whom I've never been talking to ever before. <laughs> yeah. So um, so from what we uh, were saying uh, before, uh, we're both in a similar setting. All even though we're on uh, opposite sides, not even uh, just of the country. But we're both experiencing gray days because you're in. Uh, I'm in Montreal, and you're in, in LA. California. No, in California. I'm not in LA. Sorry. I lived in LA for my life, and then I moved to Palm Springs of all places. So, okay. as a kid, when I went here, my family took us here. I don't know if you know Palm Springs or hot weather, but it, uh, it gets kind behind. of. Well, it was like 120 when, uh, and then I know you guys do different. Um, you don't go, oh, 120 degrees. You say something about Celsius or something like that, probably. Or, uh, a lot of people are going to get it, even see? though, like. Um, okay, so it was very hot when I was a kid. I was probably about <laughs> nine, and I walked from the lounge chair to the pool, and I singed my feet. It was so hot. And I was like, Who would live here? This is horrible. And then I moved here like four or five years ago. And I'm like, it, it takes, you, you have to get used to it. But um, I like the quietness. So it's great mm -hmm. in that respect. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're kind of driving to a question to the, to, um, the, the, the first question I wanted to, to ask you. Um, although I wonder if... Uh, Yeah, let's go with it. 
So there's a podcast I really like, and it's the only time for anyone listening who know that podcast, this is the only time I'm going to do this. Uh, there's yeah, a show I really like that's called Rune Soup, and it's uh, about magic and some paranormal stuff. But uh, um, so, yeah, and the host is, is called Gordon White, uh, and he's a chaos magician. But that, that, that doesn't really matter, I guess. He's well, got this traditional first question that I love, and I've been struggling to find my own first que traditional first question and I've been it's it hasn't been good so far so for this episode I'm gonna steal his question but I have a good reason for it it's because his show is about is more with occultists and you know magician occultists uh, uh, shamans and stuff like that but today I'm bringing in a musician and an, a painter an artist you know which to me, is connected, completely connected with spirituality in a deeper way. So I love his question when he asked the he asks it to all those people. I'm going to ask it to you, Jill. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I'll, I'm waiting for this one. <laughs> Jill Emery, were you a weird kid? Oh, he asked that question. Okay, and now yeah. that you're asking it, and then we'll we'll find your specific question eventually. It'll it'll come out. But <laughs> um, was I a weird kid? I have to say, I don't know if that's something to be proud of. But uh, yeah, I I think I was definitely offbeat. Yeah, um, sandwiched in between two brothers that were like a little bit more not as weird. Um, not less important, just not, you know, obviously mm -hmm. I think weird is good, it sounds like. But I also, what is that called? Um, I, I feel like it, I felt like it was hard to find someone, uh, friends or anyone in general that got me. Like, it, it felt like it was always in my head. Oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. And, but it was hard to find people that were relating so mm -hmm. once I did find people like that, it was like, it was amazing. It was like just this opening. And uh, so, yeah, and I guess so. You know, like I had an inkling, you know, that that, that question would get, because most of his guests, uh, they answer, most of them answer that they were weird kids, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that and I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I didn't grow up with like with my nose and uh, esoteric books or, you know, a lot of them are into uh, of his guests are into like sci fi stuff, like kind of more a, a bit more nerdy in a way, yeah. uh, not to be disparaging. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I was more of yeah, and more of an artist type uh, and I was I was damn weird. <laughs> okay, so you did feel like you had that, but that wasn't your your vein of wasn't the occult at, at an early age. Uh, not not at all, because <laughs> I did well from an early. Um, my interest is my interest started in my teenage years, but um, um, do you think like when music, I was really young, I was. But do you think music brought in that that um, interest in that? 
in in the occult or do you think which one would I mean, I don't even know if that's the right word because I remember when I was in this band called the Superheroines, it had a mm -hmm. dark edge like a black sabbath goth and even I used to go to the occult stores um in LA mm -hmm. in Hollywood and it was like my god I'm in here and there's all these like sticky incense in jars with colors and all these crazy books and but something I mean too but I like astrology and but occult mm -hmm. always had a darker underbelly to me and I yeah. I couldn't say I even know how to describe it but I don't think astrology is under that but I mean how so how did you get introduced or I mean obviously you're also listening mm -hmm. to a podcast that mm -hmm. focuses <laughs> I mean it's it's really cool that we're talking about that although uh I'm sure people are here to are to hear you <laughs> answer like, the questions but it's we're gonna get it you're we're gonna get there anyways so um well for me like i i won't go into too much details for real though but um um it's not really the occult but for me it's more like uh i guess i would i would call it having a sense for the magic in life you know whatever's and it's um just in the late later latest well um late years i'm looking for the right words maybe in the past five to six years that i've started being interested in in magic and actual the practice of magic and um i don't even do it myself but i'm really yeah we have a, a little cat visit right <laughs> i know my wife is walking around here and so they might be that sure uh But I, I I just noticed when people talk about how magic works for them, uh, a lot of it is akin to uh, how art works. And um, so I think a lot of people, when they do art, whether painting or music, uh, they don't know that they do magic, you know? Because I, I don't, don't picture, you... I don't picture magic. I I don't know what magic. I'm not sure. But when you described mm -hmm. it as the magic of life, I'm like, okay, I'm in. I got I got that. It's but, the, yeah. But when It's you say thing, magic, you know? <laughs> like people might picture, you know, like a traditional, you, you know, someone doing these illusions and stuff like that or yeah, trick. Yeah, yeah. But you're talking yeah, about. Or a combo. Yeah, I should specify that when I <laughs> yeah, when I say magic, I, I mean uh, not like parlor, parlor tricks and not oh, okay. either not uh, like uh, Harry Potter or Houdini, you know. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Some people say like they add the K at the end, magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, yeah, you know, just to make sure that it's uh, it's clear. I should have been more clear. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, it, it's okay. I was just curious because, you know, yeah. when you say magic into art, I I could see that. But I'm I'm reading this book right now um, about feminist art, and I I don't know much about it. But I'm reading, and I'm it's fascinating how people or women that were doing this art or are doing this art, it's very 
it doesn't seem like magic at all. It seems very um, calculated to express the idea of what they're trying to say. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's also art that has had uh, a spiritual element to it as well. And, and now I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily on feminist art, but, um, and again, I, everything, I'm pretty much self-studied. And so I just go to the library and look at books. I haven't been taught, you know, I'm learning as I go and mm-hmm. I'm going to be 62 and I'm still learning because I didn't fall into a category of being taught this stuff. So, um, magic, painting, (laughs) but life, life in general. And yesterday, it was weird. I was was driving down the street, and um, I I know I shouldn't do this because it's like an empath situation, which can be a little bit, uh, debilitating. I, I'm driving and I see this person walking their dog and then all of a sudden my mind just gets sad and this song is on. And I can't even remember what song it was. And it just triggers like, oh no, if she dies and then the dog's left behind or if the dog dies, is, is someone going to help her through that? And, and, you know, so I'm like, oh my God, why am I? But you know, it, it is a part of life. If you're an empath, mm-hmm. that's what happens. But you just don't want it to debilitate you, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I should. I, I think people are going to be mad at me if we don't get at least a little into oh. history. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what is... Because, I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's totally surreal for me to talk with you right now because <laughs> uh you know like especially uh whole yeah we should i should tell people that uh you've been a part of a, at least two very big bands uh that are very well known that have made their marks uh on the music world uh especially in the 90s i guess mm-hmm. uh which are uh you've played in whole uh yes. people People know Courtney Love, uh, all the yeah. stories. Yeah. Uh, and also you've played in Mazzy Star, which are two bands that have been. Um, I was going to say they've been influential on my life, but it's not even enough, you know, because I, I under like I see how my 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 growth has been informed by the kind of music and the kind of lyrics and the kind of moods, you know, that were um, that I was constantly surrounding myself uh, in, you know. So it's it's weird this this. Oh, I'm speaking to this person who like was a part of this, like growing, but in such a deep way, you know, because music was a very serious thing for me, you know. Oh, so, yeah, I yeah, I. And so to me, it's all it's it's interesting. F- uh to talk with you also because you you were when i, I was preparing for the show i was kind of stalking you oh <laughs> loki stalking you <laughs> not you <laughs> i mean no. on the well internet. i mean i watched some of your podcasts i mean it's it's good to get familiar <laughs> i was like yeah, okay, yeah, with yeah. i do it so anyway so i'm talking might be a big word I'm not, I'm not that scared but 
No. <laughs> but I, I've seen your, your name like on so many Wikipedia pages, you know, but you don't have your own page. But all the bands, like I've seen it on, of course, on Hole, the whole, uh, the page for Hole, Mazzy Star, uh, Super Heroines, uh, Christian Death. So like yeah. you're kind of all over there. And I've, I'm, I'm, I'm going towards a question now. <laughs> okay. Wow. It feels to me like you're, You're, you were in it, but from what I gather also from uh, interviews that I've uh, listened uh, of you, uh, do you feel like you're, you were also kind of a spectator of all this? Because it felt to me like you were kind of uh, in it, but also uh, not in the, an outsider, but just, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just completely wrong no, i mean i i think that's me. valid i mean i felt like an outsider pretty much throughout every everything um there are a few people i got close to um and i i also had this protective shield uh i i feel much more open now and not so concerned at you know as maybe as you age you're just like what was i so concerned about And mm -hmm. what, I, what I was kind of protective over was the music when I wrote or, uh, co you know, would co-write or um, it, I felt protective over the music. Well, mm -hmm. it's really hard to protect something like that. Um, and I don't mean just copywriting. I mean, whether someone completely changes it or um, you, you just can't you can't really like creativity in music to me got damaged by um uh, whether it was lawyers um mm -hmm. managers record companies uh or egos so you couldn't really protect it from that and so it it became just like a nightmare to me it I love music and I would love to play, uh, I would love to play again, but under all those circumstances, it was just so stressful. And Exine mm. uh, from X had contacted me about a month ago and it, it may never happen, but she's like, hey, let's do some music. And, and I just, I loved X. Like to me, that band, you know, I grew up going to shows when I was at, you know, a kid so I'd go see them not a kid 16 but yeah so I was like yeah let's let's do it now I don't know if it'll happen but the point is I wouldn't just do music with anybody because it's it's very very difficult to convey what you're into what you want to do uh, mm. like immerse your energies together so that's where music became just not fun anymore it, it mm, and but ego is another thing and to me yes you have to have an ego but not a out of control one you know that it, it wasn't even it became like manipulation and mm. uh and cruelty and um so that's kind of what let the air out on music for me. And, and mm -hmm. I played well into my forties. Uh, 
trying to get bands together and uh, write, co-write with singers and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, again, all that stuff came in and just damaged it, you know. Mm -hmm. so now, when I, I mean, I've always done art my whole life, whether, yes, it's morphed because I've really wanted to put more of spiritual energy into to painting, as well as um, when I do animals, it, it was like, because I, I, I'm an animal rights person, and I mm -hmm. want them to have a voice, uh, and not just look at them as you know, like a donkey is a slave or, um, you know, just like they have meaning, they have love, they have, uh, I mean, look at elephants. They're totally emotional, intelligent beings and people slaughter them. Um, so anyway, that, that's where I started focusing on art. And I felt yeah. like, okay, I can control the creative aspect. And I could take all the blame if someone doesn't like it. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter if they don't like it. Because when you go to a museum or a gallery, you, you could be like, God, I love that. It speaks to me. And your friend would be like, eh, I don't know about that. So you can't take anything personal if someone doesn't care about your work. And But when someone yeah. gets it, yeah, it's a great feeling. I mean, <laughs> so... It's um, it's interesting because already you've uh, addressed maybe how you've grown as an artist, uh, at least um, uh, not not being too specific, but you kind of brushed on the subject. And it's something I've been curious about because in the last few years I've been I've um, I've been contemplating um, how it was that I grew, you know, like as a teenager with all this. I was like a big uh you know the most inf influential part of my 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 cultural life i would say the most formative would be um clearly the the quote unquote the grunge era and i say era and not the music style but all this because a lot of bands were kind of adjacent and for me like especially growing up in a small town you know like we didn't know as much as It's the, and it's a French-speaking town also, you know, like there's all the details of, oh, how the scene was and stuff like that. Like, we didn't really know that. We, we just thought, oh, that band is so cool and that band is not as cool and they've sold out, man, and things like that, you know. <laughs> But <laughs> so I'm curious because um, I've noticed how um, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. But I've actually not at all. But a lot of bands I was listening to, including Hole, um, especially, it was. And uh, just so you know, I've barely listened to anything from Hole except. Uh, I mean, I mainly listened to Pretty on the Inside, so that was for me that was the best album, and it's yeah. it still is. <laughs> yeah, so it's. Intense. It's kind of a, yeah, it's exactly so all that intensity. And Mazzy Star has a, um, also intense, but in a completely different kind of vibe, you know. But they're, to me, they're kind of dark, you know. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean this 
not in a bad way at all. It's that this site is important too. But I've been wondering, you know, like, how has this truly affected me? Like even growing up, like the, like having, listening to the this angry or really depressed or very sad or dreamy music, like, am I still carrying that like kind of to a fault in my adulthood, you know? Um, and so I was wondering, like, for people who have been have played in 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 bands like so with that um, that purity of of energy, do you feel like it has impacted you, um, like on a personal, maybe emotional, psychological level? <laughs> well, I mean, I I don't know when this started, but I I. I do have tendencies to have depression, um, but nothing, when it comes along, I recognize it and I understand it. Um, so it's, yeah. it's not, but, uh, I think like in the super heroines, it got really dark, um, uh, This part, I and, and and here's another thing. I feel like nobody, like one time my friend said to me, well, well, my ex, she, she said, you, you would be susceptible to a cult. And I'm like, so that is so not true because there's no way that's, that's just, nobody can like, okay. So anyways, the reason I'm bringing that up is in the super heroines, mm -hmm. Eva, the singer, co-singer writer founder she wrote a song called the night stalker and richard and is the serial killer okay so that's not my thing like i'm like you know she i went to court with her once and he was there and it was for his court thing and i'm like no i don't like this i'm i don't this is disgusting i know what he did mm -hmm. to people and i can't go into that darkness The darkness mm -hmm. I could go into is exploring the tendencies that we have in ourselves. I don't bring someone else's darkness in. I, I have no interest in that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want, I'm, I'm a relatively positive, you know, person. So when someone brings in negativity, I feel like it's vampiric and I'm like, no, I, I can't have that around me. So, mm -hmm. so I wouldn't say that it did, it did do anything to me, uh, or psychically, mm -hmm. I don't think I absorbed it. I think that what was happening behind the scene became more devastating to me. Um, mm. because Courtney for whole, she wanted to get out of that and, offer a more pop sense because she wanted to be famous and rich and, mm -hmm. and that just wasn't my interest either. You know, I don't want to manufacture songs so the people will like it. It's like, if you can't express what you have, then why do it? You know? Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. And money helps. We all know money can be helpful, but it, that wasn't my main goal same thing with mm -hmm. art yeah it helps but so yeah i don't think 
I have a feeling you might think for you, and you could tell me that the darkness did affect you in, in the music. Because you were into death metal, you said, and the grunge, there was, to me, grunge didn't seem like death metal. It seemed more like flight depression thing going on in, in hovering. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's more like I'm questioning all this and I'm just observing like looking at who i was and how i was um uh, yeah like what i've been uh exposing myself to but I, i shouldn't say it like that also because i was also expressing something through you know when when listen i was listening to uh Uh, the, f the first example, because there's a whole bunch of them, but, uh, you know, like that Soundgarden song fell on Black Days, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was, I don't know, about 16, and yeah. I kept repeating that to myself, you know, because it, oh, okay. it felt true, you know, yeah. it felt real. Yeah. So, but you know that, that, that line on whether it's, it is real, and you're just expressing it, but then you cross that line and you start building it up, building that story in mm -hmm. yourself and you kind of, you make it your own story, you know? No, I could, I could see that. And there was a time, mm -hmm. I mean, and then, you know, I mean, I guess that wasn't so far fetched for Chris Cornell. I mean, and, and that was one of my first tours opening with Soundgarden. Um, the band I was in, Sylvia Jim Kosabam, we opened for Soundgarden, and it was, I think it was their first record, which was really very Sabbath-tinged, really good. Um, mm -hmm. And Chris really stuck to himself. He wasn't, he was, you know, always at the payphone and maybe talking to his wife, I don't know, but he was very mm -hmm. kind of just dark, and, and the rest of the band were super friendly, really nice. And not saying anything was wrong with Chris. I understand wanting quiet and your peace. I get it. But yeah. maybe that's where it fell on Black, you know. I mean, that's a great song, mm -hmm. though, but I can see. Yeah. And and then years ago, and I can't remember which band, if it was Ozzy Osbourne or Judas Priest. I don't know. Something happened where a teenager committed suicide or something, and they took the musician to court over it saying your music did you know inspired this in this kid so i, mm -hmm. I mean so what you're saying yes there there probably is some validity to it but for me it it didn't it didn't happen that way but i can understand what mm. you're saying yeah yeah maybe that's what the feeling that i i i got from uh listening to you Uh, that that outsider in an outsider world kind of yeah. feel like maybe it's what kind of uh, l allowed you to, to thrive because to me like I, I'm looking at your art uh, you're a prolific painter I love like all the colors and the life and all you do so like you clearly didn't die of an overdose well, yeah exactly <laughs> you know what I mean so I may as well have been in Fugazi or something. Like I was, like I, I didn't, I wasn't doing drugs or drinking, and I didn't mm -hmm. really do anything until I was like probably twenty or something, and had a little bit of alcohol, and and it didn't really mean anything to me. 
and then drugs, maybe smoke a little pot. And to this day, I'll smoke a little bit, but it's not something that, you know, I just didn't seem to need that. What I needed was to just work and, and create. And that felt like my drug, you know, Mm-hmm. But I, I've had plenty friends um, overdose or, you know, commit suicide. And yeah, oddly uh, enough, yeah, I, I don't guess. know how I, I can't really judge suicide either. I, I, I can't. I used to think it would be easy. I'm like, God, if you want to commit suicide, you know, and you can look at people from very poor to super rich and. Suicide does not know either one. I mean, they know both. Mm -hmm. And so to say, well, you could just travel or do this. It's, no, you're stuck in here and you you can't see the light. I mean, so it's hard, but. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, some people. Uh, of course, like what what you said about uh, for uh, Chris Cornell, for example, like for me, like, uh, of course, I don't know anything about him on a personal level but like it it feels like it was so uh authentic what he was singing about that it's like if you you have to um carry those the that 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 type of energy on a like on a like 24 7 basically you know uh yeah you might have to find ways to kind of uh help yourself regulate yourself like step out of that super uh intense energy and maybe the drugs in a weird way maybe they help i guess or kind of bring relief uh and like so in a way it kind of makes sense that a lot of those really intense stories like they they don't end very well or they end prematurely you know i don't know well, because if the that. drugs are stabilizing it first and you're you, you mm-hmm. feel so good it just ends up with any addiction it just ends up going like that it, it goes like this yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you're you're it yeah it's it's funny we're, we were talking about um, magic before and it, uh, just by the way like i'm not a like a, an expert on magic it's just an interest of mine and i like yeah. talking with magicians you know he does both okay no <laughs> yeah i could i'm picturing you in a death metal band and you're like and then you're like performing <laughs> all these tricks <laughs> no 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 i don't play death metal i like a lot of music like a lot of it um uh, but uh, what I was gonna say, yeah, the um, the thing is like the the like ending in a like not in a very good way, and the drugs thing also, it's uh, something we've seen in uh, um, magicians also, like some of the, the most well known. And I don't like I'm sure there's uh, some even maybe some of my past guests actually that could tell us a, a lot more about that but if if you take uh alistair crawley who's been like you've heard the name we've we all kind of know him you know uh yeah i mean he 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 did die a heroin addict you know hey. and uh, so we we kind of see this it's um and it to me it's all about this channeling of energies you know so that's why I was saying there's the more I learn about magic, the more I relate it to mu- music and I'm like, 
okay, people are doing magic and they don't know because the magic thing is, it's not what most people think. It's not about like just make things float around or, yeah, you know, or, <laughs> magic or uh, no, I, I don't you know, it's, right. Sometimes it's about, it's about, uh, you know, get it. Uh, how did Douglas Well, magic with that? the K. Uh, what, what is the definition of magic yeah. with the K? The, oh that- my God. I'm, 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 I might be the, the, the wrong guy to ask. I'm going to try to answer though. because uh, we're on the topic. Um, I think actually, uh, Alistair Crawley says, said that, uh, it's, oh my God, I should look it up, but I'll just kind of paraphrase it. When you, when you get your podcast, you'll have someone looking it up for you really quick. Yeah. When I, you know, when I get the studio. uh, Oh yeah. Which is, you know, that's, (laughs) no, that's my, that's my, yeah. No, you don't. So, <laughs> you're gonna use your brain. You're not. You don't got Elon Musk, like putting a chip in your head. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no chip for me. <laughs> so he said something like, "Magic is." Um, oh my God, I'm gonna get comments and emails, but whatever. It's um, basically having an effect on physical reality and physical manifestation through will through the activation of will you know so you have an intention uh and then you you, there's ways to kind of amplify that that manifestation like um crowley was big on sex magic also because the moment oh and again i'm not a magician i'm just saying i'm i don't think i'm wrong but uh the moment of the orgasm by the way uh not by the way but (laughs) sorry my english is uh, um for example, the moment of uh, orgasm is such an intense uh, thing, an intense, like even on a metaphysical um, aspect, that it can be used to to kind of channel a, a specific intention, you know, like at the moment of... Well, it's like har- it, you, you know. would harness the energy or something, maybe. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of uh, harnessing and then releasing it at the moment. <laughs> and I've never done that. I just, you know, just know about this stuff a little. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, it's. And I love also. There's another artist, uh, Alan Moore. Uh, he's a writer. He's uh, written a lot of books, uh, but also like. Um, uh, writing for comic books also have created a lot of very well-known series, uh, you know, like V for Vendetta or uh, mm-hmm. uh, anyways, like some of them have been made into very big movies. And in when he turned 40, he said he became a magician and he talks about magic a lot. And he said that, um, you know, like just the, the spell, the, the, tame, the, the, the term, you know, like, I put a spell, you know, mm-hmm. while spelling the, the, the link between spelling and just saying words, you know, uh, is very, very important, very central, I believe, to the, the practice of magic and of music, you know, so putting words to or just a, creating a general feel, you know, uh, in magic uh, through music, sorry, or painting you know when someone is but is that where spell, that's 
Is that where spell originated? Like, I mean, saying put a spell on you, it's like how you mm -hmm. use the words to maybe direct it or no? I believe the the original idea is because it's it's the manipulation of energies through speech, basically, okay. you know. Uh, yeah. So hence like a cult or something. But not not necessarily. Not necessarily. Well, uh manipulation, I mean not necessarily uh, to manipulate uh people to do one's will but to because it can be it could be it can be like a very personal thing you just um, you mean oh that would see to me then instead of spell i would picture like manif manifestation because spell yeah. like all i picture is like twilight zone and then that guy <laughs> wanted that woman to fall in love and he's like oh my god can you get rid of her already yeah. you know so but yeah okay so i think i'm getting it mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess because it's much uh, wider and simpler than we think that all the magic thing. Some people like they get really deep in ceremonial stuff and they get very specific about uh, how to do the rituals and stuff like that. But there's also something uh, called chaos magic, with, which is a bit more, if I get it correctly, a bit more intuitive and is much more akin and and very uh very tight i think with with art you know like uh the for example the sigils like charging a sigil you create this symbol and you charge it with an energy um to me like basically like a painting whether we uh whether we the artist notices it or not is is kind of that you know it's you're, you're taking this i'm not gonna tell you what you're doing when you're painting by the way that's not oh, hey, I, i'm not a painter <laughs> but you know like taking that just blank canvas and and putting all these these colors and these shapes in there and sometimes the words also i i've noticed in your paintings there's words sometimes also yeah so yeah. for me it's imagine it's 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 it completely jives with magic practice, but most yeah, artists spell? they they yeah. don't know that they do. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna put spell into my work and get people, you know. But I I think that <laughs> it it seems like when I hear magic the way you're saying it, it sounds like people that are trying that have or they've they've come to know themselves enough where they can utilize these tools i i don't know though because i mean mm -hmm. and how interesting he's like i'm 40 i'm gonna be a magician and it's i mean what where did that come well i don't know all his work i so i shouldn't say that i don't know where it came from but well, I, for his explanation is that uh, he didn't want to do like it was his uh, he felt his midlife crisis coming and he didn't want to do something right. uh, like basic and cliche as getting a motorcycle or starting a band or, you know, so he, yeah. he thought, you know, like I'm going to uh, become completely mad and I'm going to be a, ma a magician and I'm going to tell people that I'm a magician. And, cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> Good to hear that so, someone's branching out in their midlife. 
<laughs> yeah, at least it's original. <laughs> it's I know, I'm thankful. I, I don't know him, but I thought that was pretty good because I was like, oh, God, did he buy a Corvette or something? Okay. Nah. Got I wrote a book when I got like 42, 45, you know. <laughs> so, wait, 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 how old were you? Oh, last year. Uh, well, and, and you wrote a book? That was your, I don't know. That was my midlife crisis thing. Yeah. Really? God, that, <laughs> congratulations. That's good. I mean, I don't, oh, well. I don't, I have to say, I don't know your book. I've, I've heard mention of it, but from what I saw, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, it's about uh, self study, self awareness. Is that any close to ideas of? Yeah, I mean, uh, this subtitle is. What am I doing? I got I got Jill Emery here, and I'm well, telling you, about I'm, my just, book. I'm just trying to understand <laughs> these midlife crises, you know? Because yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's basically uh, I, the the subtitle of it is uh, the Mystic's Path of Self Knowledge. So it's about yeah, self, but it's it's mostly uh, a book of reflections and and trying to. Um, yeah, steer people towards finding themselves. You know, like I'm, I'm not gonna tell you who who you no, are. I, like I can't tell you that. You know? Right. But right. Uh, asking the right questions and uh, so. Well, you yeah, really that's you really went into it good. Then I mean, because you went from like talking about music and darkness and does it stay with you to like growing and not saying that that was you, but what we were talking about and then you know knowing yourself finding yourself uh helping people but that's i mean because i'm really interested in that as well but it i also know that i have to just uh do what i do and not because i get sad when it's that's my own problem but when i want people to do the same because i'm like yeah god you're gonna die why not want to know why not and then but then i gotta be honest i'm like who am i you know mm -hmm. one minute i'm like i totally get it i got it and then i'm like next minute i'm like i i have no clue i'm lost i don't know who i mm -hmm. am and well so maybe to me, you know like that's what i that's why i wanted to speak with you because all that what you're saying there like i, I feel well it's it's more of a feeling thing but like you know like that's yeah that's basically about it like it's it's uh the the mystics path <laughs> that i'm describing that. is exactly what you said what you said cool. you know like so and there is a bit of you know in the book like sometimes i'm a bit hard on the reader you know like oh you think you know you think you know you know and you think you know what's good for others well you know, maybe maybe you want to look uh again that's, you know so well you know, and to me, uh, with it's kind of drives me to another question I had is because I, the the second <laughs> bringing back to the book, the second chapter is called "Of Punks and Mystics" because I f feel like uh, I often say that uh, punk and um, again grunge and quotes, you know, more the, like the DIY spirit of it and the authenticity. That's that's authenticity yeah. that's uh yeah uh that's what uh what informed my spirituality much more than any 
esoteric book out there, you know. So that that DIY spirit, that authenticity thing, integrity to you know what feels right, um, is at the essence for me uh, of spirituality. And so I see a lot of um, spirituality in 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 punk, you know. So I was wondering if you like, I well, first of all, maybe I don't know if you would describe yourself as a spiritual person. You seem like you are uh, to me okay. uh, but do you like do you get a spiritual vibe in like punk and all the like all those movements from the well from the past oh, yeah. but they're still you know well i think first of all like i think the spiritual aspect is is there but i also think it's about practice it's not It's, not, it's something you have to cultivate. It, I mean, the the dust, the little speck is there, but it, it needs cultivation because otherwise you just sit mm -hmm. there and say, what happened with spiritual? Why am, um, you know, I work really hard on myself through um, meditation or spiritualism. And then the next minute I'll fly off the handle and I'm like, well, what just happened to the person that was right here? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, well, Okay, that is a part of me, but <clears throat> what I don't like is the the strong reaction. You could still have a strong reaction without flying off the handle. I mean, so, and with punk, I think that's, you know, when I was like 15, I got into punk, and that was like 77 or something, and it felt like, this is my world, I'm understood. And mm -hmm. I think it was because the DIY aspect of it, um, it made me think I could do anything and I didn't have to follow, you know, you know, like Alan Watts says, you know, I, I didn't have to follow the programs that I'm put into. Everything is a program. And two, mm -hmm. punk probably became a program. I mean, it happens to everything, you know, um, something they'll start off earnest somehow gets corrupted, whether punked it or not. I, I can't, that, that is also like an opinion, you know? So, yeah, but yes, well, it seems I like think there's an essence, you know, yeah. uh, the essence of punk and, you know, like whether, whatever happened to it afterwards, you know? Like, yeah, uh, I, I you mentioned Fugazi. Uh, I, I I heard like for sure. Like one day I'm gonna. Uh, I I I really want to have Ian McKay on the show because he's I been think such he's, an inspiring person. You know, um, I saw him interviewed by this. I, I wasn't even gonna watch it, and I'm like, this kid interviewed him. The kid was like 10. It mm -hmm, was such mm -hmm. a good interview. Did you see that yep. one? I've it seen, was yep. so good and I <laughs> Maybe love it's the, not the same one but yeah well i love the way that ian didn't write him off as this kid and the kid mm -hmm. was really smart though but it yeah. was like ian couldn't wait to just talk and have a conversation and i i love that so mm -hmm. i think maybe he it, it would be nice if you guys could i mean it's I'd, not like i can call him up and go hey dude but i think it would be great <laughs> you know I'll 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 reach out for sure. I'll There you go. Out. But you know, like his, because I, I was bringing bringing him up because of the 
of how he described punk, you know, like in its essence, in its essence. And he said, you know, like it doesn't really have anything to do with style or specific types of music to him. Uh, jazz can be punk, uh, rap can be punk, you know? So that's how I kind of perceive it also. Uh, the, maybe a bit of the rebellious, rebellious spirit, um, Again, I think the the this authenticity thing and integrity is at the center of it. Uh, so, I don't know. For me, those are very, very, very spiritual things and very important. Also, to be, to remain, uh, uh, yeah, humble and honest with oneself. You know that this uh, dedication to. Yeah, and the DIY thing also, I think, yeah. is very punk. Yeah. <laughs> I could see how that, but it it uh, meshes like spirituality growing out of it. It mm -hmm. because it wasn't. It's not necessarily this like formed religion thing. It's more within and and also what you're presenting or taking in. It's it's more personal to me. And yeah. So I could see how that that line can go through it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, oh, yeah. You mentioned uh, meditation. Yeah. So can you can you tell me about your practice? What? Well, do I you mean, have like a specific kind of meditation that you do or I do. I do. Well, I do different kinds, but I when I initially was trying to do meditation and um, I, I just went to this place that was doing it for free and the guy was trying to teach us. And during the time my dad um, was, had cancer and I was like, I just got to go do something to decompress or whatever, get rid of stress. And so I, I did that and it didn't stick with me. And my partner now, she lives um, in Toronto. I mean, she's, you know, Canadian. But she she kind of helped me um, with, uh, spurred me on into meditation because she, she went and stayed at a ashram uh, and, and they did meditation, uh, you know, every single day for hours and hours. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's helped me. But then I, this is like, do you know Sam Harris? I, well, yeah, there's, sure. okay, so he has a meditation app, but his meditation that he's projecting or handing to people is more based on consciousness. It's not on mm -hmm. let's relax, let's, so it's, it's getting, just knowing that this is all consciousness and it's, Yeah. Everything in your head, it, the world is not inside here. You know, it's, it, we're all a part of it. So mm -hmm. that, that's really worked well for me. And then I'll do other meditations separately. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. D does it, uh, do you do, mm, how do I word this? <laughs> okay, because I've meant I've I've heard you also uh, mention on other interviews that a lot of your 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 work in painting, I don't know uh, 
if it was the same for music, but is informed by a lot of daydreaming also. Okay. So uh, I was curious about how I, maybe like meditation, does it have a thing to do with that? Or is it like the daydreaming? Mm -hmm. Is it a kind of meditation for you? Or? Well, I used to think that. Um, but and, and again, in, in this meditation app, they're like, don't beat yourself up. The thoughts are coming in. Take the mm -hmm. thought and focus and it'll dissolve. Okay, yeah. so it also means that everything is not so immediate. We're made to feel everything is now, hurry up, and it's the end of the world. If not, that whole fear of missing out, whatever. So, mm -hmm. but daydreaming's always been there for me in my whole life. And so, again, another thing that they're a they married, like um, daydreaming and meditation, but they are different. So, when I'm to paint, I do daydream and I also sit there and think, well, what would a scenario be? And, and it'll almost a lot of times I'll laugh because it's, it's funny to me. I mean, I mean, I, I have this painting of um, Alice Coltrane and, and Alan Watts and they both were spiritual, but you know, so they're, they're communicating where she's like playing this harp and, in his pipe is like words coming out and they're trying to like go like this between words and music and spirituality, like combining mm -hmm. them. So it made me laugh, but it's also really serious that, cause I don't think they ever really were doing that, but mm -hmm. it, it, that's a form of daydreaming. I had to make that up, you know, it wasn't, you know, so that's kind of where, what I mean by daydreaming and creating. Mm. Imagine how cool it would have it would have been, like a, yeah. like a spoken word kind of thing with oh. Alan Watts and yeah. his culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you made it happen. You made it happen. Oh, it's there. <laughs> uh, I was wondering also because you know, like it, it's it's a big. Uh, big subject but you know the the notion of beauty um it's kind of a tricky thing you know and i guess uh culturally maybe we've you and i have have sh uh, shared influences i guess um And I, because I see a lot of the, well, actually, uh, I didn't know that that painting I saw on the back of the Pretty on the Inside um, uh, album cover was from you. So I'm like, really? Like, by the way, like me, like in my friends, like we've copied this, like on our, like, backpacks and like oh my uh, God. yeah it's cool and Ooh. stuff like that so <laughs> like all the way uh up north in longueuil like tiny city like south shore of montreal oh. there was some some of your paintings on, on our backpacks so that's oh that's crazy. sweet that's that's <laughs> and our skateboards that. and yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i've had my days of that too like seeing someone's stuff and being in like you know, just doing it in school and not paying attention and going, man, look at their stuff, you know, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, that's sweet. Well, that said, because I have like a, it's kind of maybe a difficult question and just if it's, it's, if it's a bad question, just ignore it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I'm wondering like how, because 
you know the, the this uh again i'm gonna say the grungy feel you know of your art i'm i guess i mean it more in a uh Uh, literal way than the cultural thing you know yep. but you know like the scratches and the um uh, quote-unquote uh, imperfections and uh, you know like yeah. for me like i really resound to to that you know like and um it's 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 funny because for me it's it's been transferred from music i really like when i do music i, I still do music a, a little I like the really grungy sounds and dirty, you know, yeah. like organic thing. So how, like, how do you decide what's beautiful? How do you see, like, how would you, dis okay, that's, the, that, that's the, the question, actually. What is beauty to you? Like, how would you define beauty? That's a hard well, one. Well, I mean, to, to get to the artwork part, yeah, I, I think... I guess it goes with beauty. I mean, the imperfections, like I'm not, you know, when you, you know, you could look at a cat that's like this, I mean, and I'll say a cat because I, I love cats, but like, well, I had a Siamese, she was so beautiful, but then right next to her could be a cat with one eye and like all fucked up, like, you know, <laughs> only because I know a bunch of cats, but I mean, this doesn't sound right, but But what is beauty there? It's like they're both beautiful, I mean, for what they are. And yeah. so getting into imperfections, I think showing the scratching or there's multiple layers of paint on my art. And it's like people and, and there's multiple layers. And whether you see it or not, but also in in this day and age with social media, everybody wants to present like, I'm so successful. I'm so, look how fun, everything is fun in my life. And, but then, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of people are like, I'm so depressed or, oh, this or that. Um, but for the most part, people are projecting this, like my success, another great thing. And, oh, hey, I, look how good I look. I got this done or fixed. And mm. it's, to me, why not see the imperfections? Um, because what are we hiding? I mean, we all have imperfections. And, there, and so that's a part of life. And I don't mind showing that or seeing that. Mm. And, you know, we're taught in school or or coloring don't go outside the lines don't stay in the lines and so that to me just doesn't do it i don't care about staying in the lines and mm -hmm. i care about expressing and however it may land you know i mean of course yeah. i have to like it and mold it into what i like and there are thoughts going into it But also, I just don't want it to be so precious, you know, and so I think, yeah. uh, again, it feels like that that in integrity thing <laughs> again, you know, like uh, that time being uh, uh, th that in integrity towards uh, life in, in its in its. Uh, in, yeah, and in, in how it is, you know, like. And it's, I think that's what's 
interesting for me to also in spirituality like this uh, to, de to develop this uh, ability to look at ourselves in that same way like and without like judging like uh oh this this uh this shouldn't be like this or this you know having these preconceived idea of what it is you know and just so uh, that's why i i like your work because it's what you see is what you get you know and for me like the link with spirituality with that is this is uh also a part of spiritual growth to become able to look at oneself look at others look at life um, yeah yeah uh, and and that and that's the thing i mean i have some friends that i wish they because i could see like traumas they've had but i mm -hmm. i can't do anything but i'm like dude i'm telling you if you work on that if you examine it and yeah it doesn't feel good and maybe get someone to help you through it mm-hmm You'll, you'll be carrying less baggage. You'll just feel so much freer. I mean, I can remember being in debt years ago. And once I got rid of my debt, I never went back. And it was like freedom. I just felt free. And and I don't have that baggage. And that's how it feels when you deal with, you know, when you examine yourself or, and you're able to, I, I'm not, how do you say it? Even in meditation, they say that you're not just meditating for yourself. You're meditating for those that you come in contact with. So yeah. working on yourself or knowing yourself or thinking you know the best you can, <laughs> I, think, I think just puts the world in a better space, even if it's just your world, which is a collective consciousness of, you know, yeah. Really? <laughs> um there's okay there you, you you've told me that you've listened to uh a, at least a bit of uh the the interview with mike cleland uh also known as the owl guy and yes. he brought up um a, like an expression that i i really love because i i was wondering maybe the i was thinking maybe the the podcast is about mysticism but it sounds a bit pompous and i wanted something a bit more grounded and he used the expression Um, he was referring to something pretty specific, but that expressing highly charged human experiences. And I'm like, yeah, that's a bit more, that's, yeah, I'm a bit more like it because it's something kind of extraordinary that happens, you know, or that maybe some people are looking for uh, to experience in life, you know. So... That said, I'm curious. Like, do you can you recall having either in um, on stage or even just in your, your life in general, one of those highly charged human experiences? Oh God! Um, honestly, I feel like I get them a lot in general in small doses. Though I know, can you get highly charged in small doses? Because to me, what it would mean is having people reveal themselves, like peel back the layers. And when I can get that even with a stranger for the second, just for a second, that to me is very exciting. Because mm -hmm. what are we doing? Just 
ghosts wandering around the world and life. It's, but you know, you'd be exhausted if you were constantly having highly charged moments. But, um, but I, but there's something about the connection, uh, you know, whether it's with someone you've known forever and you, you wake up out of the days because you're so used to, I know you're going to say that. I know this, but then, when something surprises you, it's like, oh, I just woke up. That was great. Wow. Or mm-hmm. a stranger that I don't know, and we just communicated, and it just felt so real and heartfelt. It's fantastic. So, I mean, I think that's what I would think in my mind. Do mm-hmm. you, would you have an example? Well, I personally, for sure, I have uh, moments I've experienced, whether in meditation or in, in, uh, strangely enough in very um uh moments of very deep depressions also that things have happened that i they were they're kind of uh not benchmarks but little spots that i say okay like a shift happened at that time like just go like yeah so yeah i've come like i i know that uh life was a a bit different after that, you know. Um, so maybe that's what I, I meant by the way, by the sorry, by the the expression. So you have like because I um uh, just to answer your question, um, what you described to me again, like that's that's kind of how I describe mysticism, you know, like being aware of those little sparkles, and it's yes. it's more of a constant thing. And for me, like the the like running after those crazy experiences, like you're this why like to entertain yourself to right. you know like right. to so uh, for me, what you're describing is a mystic's way of seeing life but maybe i have a weird way of seeing mysticism but (laughs) no i mean that i I think that makes sense but also when you said depression and the benchmark to me i think i i related to that really for a second by thinking maybe for me and i don't know for you but maybe that moment came when almost like the fever, like a fever is lifting. And then you're like, oh my God, I, this is what it feels like to feel good. It's like when you're lifting out of the depression, maybe it's like a renewal or something. I don't know, yeah. but that's what, that reminded me for me, how that would mm-hmm. feel that for, for me, I don't know for you, but. Oh, clearly, clearly. It's just that I have this, uh, well, I'm- Maybe I, I'm not gonna tell it now, but uh, there's uh, an experience. An experience I've been through when I uh, maybe pff, more than twenty years ago, and uh, yeah, in very very deep state state of depression, and it's basically what you just described—that kind of uh, feeling of relief. But it came after like really like delving into it and you know like i'm not gonna run okay this life right now is really dark and i delved into it completely and i abandoned myself to it and one day maybe i'll 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 tell the whole story because it's kind of a long one but um yeah woke up the next day and things were different (laughs) no that that's amazing that you you went into it instead of just like 
But that's the point. It's like maybe if I'm not misunderstanding, like you were trying to not just numb it or bury it. It was like, okay, what is this, this dark, you know, and then Mm -hmm. maybe came out of it the next day. I mean, well, I guess how I could put it. And I think it's, it's cool that we're, we're talking about this, even though I'm being mindful of your time, but, um, um, because it's it's uh especially for quote unquote spiritual people like they get that feeling that and even uh, uh, it's even more present for people who uh, believe in in the law of attraction you know so if you're depressed and you stay in there and like all you have those dark thoughts and you're gonna create more of it so they they kind of struggle and I I'm kind of gonna talk for myself. I used to struggle, you know, to get out of it, not to create more, you know, and just because I shouldn't be like that. I'm a spiritual person. I know this is all illusion and I want to create good things. And, you know, but when I started doing that, when I was, I don't know, about 17, 18, like getting into the uh, new agey kind of stuff, you know, my depression got way worse, you know. <laughs> oh, my God, look at your cat. So cute. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he does that. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Always so, like, claws coming out. Yeah. But, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So basically, just I I realized my my life was not getting better, and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna confront it. I'm gonna confront those thoughts, and uh, I came out. Not only that I came out alive, but came out even more alive than I was before that, I think. And since then, I mean, depression, uh, I don't know if for you, if it's something that you, you feel you have more and more, not control, c- control is a kind of a weird word, but mastery <laughs> over, you know, like you don't get as deep or for as long as, you know, like. Right. And that's about time. Right. And that's what I try and work on. And I try and work on, like, like I said, not, you know, flying off the handle if someone, you know, you could be somewhere and and someone's doing something not okay, maybe like being cruel to their animal. And it's just like, just like fly off the handle. But also there should be a way of handling things like, um, I, I think there should be conversation, but then how do you have a conversation with a person that doesn't know that is not okay? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I've I do I I rec- recognizing when the depression comes, recognizing is part of the battle. So if you recognize yeah. it, it can diffuse I think quicker. And also, I just you know you could listen to Alan Watts and get depressed. And, and because you're like, wait a minute, that's, that's everything I was so opposite of what I was told. Mm-hmm. And, and I bought into, and now I'm just coming out of this uh, up for air. And it's like, what the heck now it should be a good thing, but it's also like, I've been programmed, you know? And mm-hmm. so but but then it's exciting because you get to work on deprogramming and realize that you don't have to be in 
in these genres, these veins of things that you're told to do. And you're, it doesn't make you, well, yeah. More authentic. Yeah. (laughs) Am I authentic? Is this real? Like, so, you know, then you start saying, I'm going to die. Well, yeah, we're all going to die. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. but anyways, it's, (laughs) it's just shocking. I, it's okay to die. I mean, it's normal, but it's, I do what I can't understand. And there's no answer, but why do, why do we build these, uh, relationships or these things and then you know and then go into consciousness okay they're gone you know but i know you know you know i'm just trying to get tools to understand you know it's all happening and i watch it and one day someone will watch this just float away you know so it's but they should really talk about stuff like that in school instead of not broaching the subject until you're grandma dies or something you're yeah yeah those things those basic things uh even for me like of course i'm a maybe i'm a bi i'm a bit biased but uh you know the self-knowledge part was something that i lacked in school and i i think a lot of people do you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah all right Listen, I'm going to let you go, but before, uh, I have to, to be a good host and uh, ask you, uh, where can people find you, find your work, uh, if you have any events, even though they're local event, there would be local yeah. events or whatever, like anything you want oh, people to know? Yeah, I I mean, uh, yeah, I do local, sh- well, I'm going to be doing a show in Sierra Madre, uh, where I used to live, out by Pasadena. Um, in March, March 2nd, a uh, group show. And I think that other than that, you can find my work on Instagram. And I think if you put in Jill Emery, but it's under, and I don't, everyone always asks me why, and people call me Sally, but it's under Sally Gotsta. Yeah. Just, I don't know why it made me laugh. I don't know what she gots, but she got something. <laughs> I've been wondering that. It's, I know, like, uh, what is uh, Sally Gotts? But, um, <laughs> so it's under Sally Gotsta on Instagram. And then same on Etsy. I sell my work on there. And you could really just put in Jill Emery and it'll pop up. But it's also Sally Gotsta, you know. Cool. Yeah. Uh, actually, like, it's going to be in the, in the show notes and the, the, the video oh, okay. uh, description. So, uh, oh, nice. The, the yeah, you make there. <laughs> I'm sorry? Okay. What's your cat's name? Oh, this one is Bibi. Bibi? Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird. It's, it it wasn't his name uh initially, but like he had a weird name and then my my partner but, she just started calling him Bibi and that's that's that stuck. That's <laughs> Yeah, it's he's slow slowly becoming the the star of the show. He's going to uh steal my job <laughs> before long. <laughs> Uh, I know mine were all one. They just kept walking by, and then they they didn't jump up here like they normally would. But that's okay. So (laughs) all right. Well, it's a pleasure. You thank you for you know uh, having this show, uh, your podcast, and 
I think it's really interesting stuff you bring up. So thank you. Thanks to you. I mean, it was a bit experimental for me. Yeah. To, you know, today. But uh, yeah, I, I'll say to people, expect more talk with artists because uh, I think this right. conversation is uh, important. Yeah. Ian's probably next, so you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. Well, thank Thanks you. Again. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. So you've made it to the end of this Hopscotch Chronicles podcast episode, and I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed doing it. And I thank you so much for your attention, and I hope you, uh, you're benefiting in a way or another from this conversation. So if you'd like to follow my work, whether on this podcast or my uh, personal work, you can go to Twitter or X and follow me at Domi underscore Valet, D-O-M-I underscore Valet. Same username for uh, Instagram, if you prefer that platform. You can also go to the official website for the podcast, which is hopscotchchronicles.com. And if you'd like to support the podcast as well as my personal work, you can do so by subscribing to my Patreon The address is patreon.com slash Dominique Vallée, D-O-M-I-N-I-C Vallée, V-A-L-L-E-E. There you'll find video and audio versions of the, uh, the episodes without any commercials, as well as special episodes on every Sunday where I take my Sunday afternoon tea with you guys. All right, thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep reaching for the light.